And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And what I've been doing all day, I mean, I've been doing this all day long, right up until this moment, I have been doing some hardcore research for your benefit. Yeah, strictly for your benefit. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for you. Now, why am I doing it for you? Because I care. Because I care about your future. I care about where you are in life, and I care that you make it to your end stated goal later in life in retirement. That's part of why I'm here is to give you some information to maybe give you some advice that you can use to change the trajectory of your life. So I've been doing research on something called now get this, you, you may have heard the, of these things before. They're called interest rates. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're kind of looking at the radio like, what? Is that all you got, Al? Just interest? Yeah, just interest rates. Now, check this out. Here are my findings. 4.5%, 4.85%. Oh, this is a good one. 5.05% up from 4.95%. Oh, that one, you've got to have a minimum $5,000 balance, though. This one's 4.5%. This one's 5.0%. Uh, this one's not as good. It's 4.3%, 4.5%, 5.0%, 4.35%, Okay, where am I going with this? Why am I reading you a bunch of random interest rates? Because that's what banks are paying right now if you take your money and you put them into a savings account you're getting a range of available rates from the low end looks like 4.0 no that no 4.3 was my low end and my high end was 5.05 percent but of all of these different savings plans that i'm looking at none of them require a minimum balance except for the one that pays the highest rate you got to have at least five thousand dollars in there so why am i bringing this up because if you have your money sitting in a savings account that's making 0.001% and you intend to have that money in that account, it's there for a very particular reason, you're losing money. You're not taking advantage of what the markets have to offer you. What you need to do is you need to migrate that money away from where it's currently sitting and go find another bank or another account that's going to pay you more money. If you're going to have liquid cash laying around, and the market is willing to offer around 5% for you to keep your money parked there, why don't you have your money parked there? It's, it seems like a no-brainer to me. And here's why you don't have your money parked there. Because you're focused on something else. Yeah, you're not focused on interest rates. You are focused on whatever it is that's right in front of your face. It's probably your job. It's probably your family. It's probably all the commitments that you have in your life. They're taking a precedence over what interest rates are doing. But I'm here to help you. I'm here to advise you that if you're going to keep liquid cash around and you're going to keep it in a financial institution and you're not making four and a half or five percent interest on your money, you're not doing the game right. You're not playing very well. You're losing you're losing. The market's giving you something and you're not taking advantage of it. That's a problem. That's a real problem. 
Now, ironically, what I normally talk to you about is I talk to you about real estate investing, and we're going to get there today. We are going to get into the real estate investing. But something as simple as just doing a web search to find out what interest rates are doing and then doing a cursory check of wherever you've got your money to determine wherever what interest rates you're receiving for that money and then making a financial decision to move it, some of you think that's a bridge too far. Some of you think that's just too much effort. And it's not that much effort. All you might have to do is maybe open up another account with a different financial institution. Maybe you have to switch your direct deposit. Okay? Because here's the problem. Wherever you're banking now, well, they're taking advantage of you. They're taking advantage of the situation. They could pay you 5% on your savings, but they don't. Why don't they? Because you haven't addressed the problem. You need to address the problem. You need to address the fact that you're not making 5% on your money that's sitting in a, in a cash reserve capacity. Now, here's the other thing. Why is your money in cash? Now, some of you, the reason your money's in cash is because you know what's going on in the stock market. You've watched that stock market over the last, what, two, two and a half years decline in value, right? And then you watched it slowly, slowly eke its way back up, right? It's eking its way back up. And everybody's like, we're getting close to new highs. We're getting close to new highs. And what happened a couple of weeks ago? The stock market went right back down, didn't it? Because there's something called overhead resistance, something that prevents it from really breaking out and getting you new highs. Everything financial that you touch has an impact from interest rates. Did you know that? I mean, we, we went through a period where interest rates were, were pretty much at record lows. I was able to take advantage of some really outstanding interest rates for borrowing when it came to buying single family houses or buying multifamily apartment communities or even buying my own personal residence, not to mention those, those consumable things that I have in my household, like my automobiles. Now, I don't, I don't like to pay all cash for an automobile. I like to finance it. And the reason I like to do that is because I don't want to give them all my money. I, I don't want to give them all my money. And, and when the interest rates are like really low, I mean, it's, it's almost like you're, you're, you're paying principal only. Okay, there's a little bit that goes to, to the interest, but the interest is so, so relatively small in relation to the overall cost. It's kind of like a nothing burger. Does that make sense? But interest rates have adjusted up. And the savings rates that I, were, I was talking to you about at the beginning of the show, they're a reflection of the fact that interest rates have risen and may continue to rise in America. Now, some of you might think that, you know, I started off the show by saying you need to have all your money in savings right now. And that's that's not the case. If, if you thought that I was telling you to put all your money into a savings account, you're wrong. All I was trying to tell you was if you have money that's not invested in other vehicles that are making you money, like four and a half or five percent rate of return, like you can get in a a simple savings account, then you need to take action. You need to do something about that. Let me give you an example. If you had 25,000 bucks, $25,000, and it was in your hand, what could you do with it? Well, you could go spend it, right? You'd go buy something with it, right? In which case, your $25,000 would be gone, but you would have something to replace it. And whatever that something was that you probably bought is probably going to go down in value over time. Does that make sense? Not, not too many things that we buy tend to go up in value. What kind of things do go up in value? Well, real estate has a tendency to go up in value. Sometimes jewelry can go up in value. Not, not all, but sometimes. Sometimes artwork can go up in value, right? Sometimes stocks can go up in value, right? But here's the thing. 
All of those things can go down in value. Even real estate could go down in value. We're starting to see in the multifamily space some of these Interesting deals that were put together, say, a year or two, maybe three years ago, that were trying to take advantage of the very low interest rates, and they were willing to bet on adjustable interest rates. And now that the interest rates have adjusted upwards, the cost of the financing is squeezing them out, and it's putting them in a place where they need to sell the asset. And here's the thing, because they bought incorrectly and they overpaid for those assets, those assets will not trade for what they need to get out of those assets. Those assets are only going to trade for less money. Now, I, as a very sophisticated real estate investor who has great knowledge of the market that I, I try to share with you from time to time, and I'm, I'm not saying that I'm the end-all, be-all. Please, please understand that. I am just one of several guys that does the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I am also joined by, by the founder and CEO of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley, who does his own radio show. And we've got 50,000 members, or probably more than that, in Lifestyles Unlimited. So I don't pretend to be the end-all, be-all. I'm just the guy with the big mouth and the microphone that can share all this information with you. Is that, is that a fair statement? It sounded like I was picking on myself, was, didn't it? Well, maybe I was. But you know what? I got thick skin. I can take it. So let's get back to this interest rate stuff. If, if you're not making at least 5% in the market, then what you're doing is ineffective and it needs to change. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. I can't make it any clearer than that. Get your money out of the 0.001 savings account and get it into the savings account that's paying 5.0. The, the point I wanted to make, if you have $25,000 sitting around and you're earning 5% simple interest per year per annum, you're at least going to make $1,250 off of that $25,000 if you don't touch the money. Okay, it's $1,250 per year. It's not, it's not money you can retire on, but it's better than the money that you don't receive in the interest rates when the interest rates are 0.0001%. Does that make sense? Okay, let me talk to you about the real estate perspective. There's a deal that Carmen sent me, and this particular deal is for a single-family property. It is a three-bedroom, two-bath house. It is in the greater San Antonio market. It's actually over by Lackland Air Force Base, which, all right, I'll just spill the beans. You want, you want to hear insider information? I'll give you insider information. We have a ton of Lifestyles Unlimited members that own rental properties over by Lackland Air Force Base. Now, why, why is that the case? Because there are neighborhoods outside of that base that are completely supportive of our investing model. We can buy an asset. It's probably worn out. It's probably distressed. It probably has seen its, its, its great days already past it. We can buy that asset. We can breathe new life into it. We can put it back into service as rental housing for a demographic that's looking for rental housing. You know, there's, there's a housing crunch going on in America and there are a lot of people moving about America. There are a lot of people moving away from the craziness of America and moving towards the sanity of America. Does that make sense to you? That's how I explain the population growth in a lot of our states. You have a lot of people that are exiting states that have lost their mind, and they're going to other states that appear to at least have some semblance of sanity left in their minds. And that's part of the reason I think Texas is growing. Texas is an economic 
powerhouse that is increasing in growth. But here's the problem. We don't have enough places for all of these people to live. So when I take a dilapidated property that nobody wants to live in, I breathe new life into it, and I put it back into surface as clean, functional workforce housing, and I make it available to a demographic group that's having trouble finding clean, functional workforce housing, guess what I've created? I've created market demand. Yes, I've created market demand. I have people that want to rent my properties. And because I've got probably the best property available in the marketplace, I can be selective because I'm going to have more than one people come to me saying, hey, I like it. Can I rent it? And the way I do it is very fair. It follows all housing laws. It follows everything that is is moral and ethically right. And I choose the best qualified person based on my screening criteria. And that person earns the opportunity to lease my property, live in my property, pay me about one third of what they make every month. Yeah, that's that's kind of what rent payments are nowadays. It's about one third of what people bring home. They pay me one third of what they make every month for the right to live in that property. And they get to live there and call that place home. Meanwhile, I'm developing cash flow. Want to know what my rates of return are on this particular property? 9.4%. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. When we come back from the break, there's more on that. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Lifestyles Unlimited Success Stories. If you got laid off tomorrow... What would you do? Would you have to be working at McDonald's or wait to try and find another job with the downsizing the economy? Kept on coming to meetings, even with David Fisher online and stuff like that, but still we just like, we need to make the jump. So we kept praying for time to get this job done, to, to be able to find the properties. How do we find the properties? How do you find the time? And God answered our prayers and he got downsized from his corporate job. This house was a dog and through the rehab, I think we turned it into a little pony. You bought the house for $73,000. And your appraised value actually is $144,000. You put in forty-five dollars worth of work. So that leaves you a net equity of 11000 with a return on capital gain of 70%. The cash flow is $458 a month for a cash on cash return rate of 35%. In person and online learning dates at LUKstudy.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, I'm, I'm talking about interest rates, and I'm just trying to get across to you that you need to pay attention to what interest rates are doing because they're, if, if nothing more, they are a baseline for you to compare whatever you're investing in against what you could do elsewhere in the market. Now, at nauseum, I talked about interest rates and what you could get in in savings accounts out there. I mean, I just did a search this morning and I, I came up with about a dozen different banks that are offering anywhere from 4.3 to 5.05% in interest for simple savings accounts. And, and none of them had any, any type of condition on them that said, well, you have to lock it up in a CD or you have to have a minimum deposit time or it has to be this kind of account or that kind of account. No, they were simple savings accounts. So if you're not making at least 5% in simple savings, why not? Why are you not doing that? You should be doing that. But here's another point I want to make. Before we went to the break, I told you about a deal that Carmen sent me 
that returns about a 9.4% rate of return on cash on cash. Is that a better deal? And, and on, the, on the surface, it, it sounds like it's a better deal, doesn't it? 9.4 is a bigger number than 5.0. May, maybe we should have our money in real estate. Maybe our money should be sitting in real estate making 9.4% as opposed to 5%. I mean, we would actually be making more money, wouldn't we? Well, here's the point I want to make. You would be making more money. You absolutely would be making more money. And here's the point. If you took $25,000 and you put it in that simple savings account at 5%, you'd make 1250 bucks. And all of it, all of it, all 1250 is subject to tax. All of it is subject to tax, okay? And there, there are no tax benefits for simple savers. There's nothing in IRS code that I have ever seen, nor have I ever been advised about, that gives you a tax shelter for a simple savings account. It, it just doesn't exist. But let's talk about the real estate. The real estate, if you put $25,000 into this particular property, this property is poised to return $2,280 per year, which is a bigger number. Well, $2,280 is a bigger number than $1,250, right? It's almost twice as big. $2,280. See, what I'm describing to you is something called cash flow. When somebody rents your property, they're going to pay you a sum of rent. You're going to use that rent to cover your expenses of operating that property. Now, if you do it the Lifestyles Unlimited way, your primary expenses are principal and interest on your note, taxes, and insurance. Now, some people would think, well, you should, you should have 10% held back for maintenance. And I would tell you, no, you don't. You don't need that. Because if you do it, like I said, the Lifestyles Unlimited way, you have fixed or repaired anything that can go wrong in that property over the next five to seven years. As such, you're not concerned with big repair costs. So you don't budget for those types of things because you don't pay for those types of things. What about miscellaneous expenses? I don't know what those would be. I don't know what those would be. Every, every month, month in and month out, my primary expenses are my, my note, my principal and interest, my taxes, and my insurance. That's pretty much it. That is pretty much it. So... When you, when you take those expenses off, whatever the rent is that you're charging, whatever is left over every month is the cash flow. And you can use that cash flow for anything you want at all, anything in the world that you want. And here's the neat thing about that cash flow. There is something in IRS code that protects that money. There is. Yeah, I'm serious. It's a heart attack. There's something in IRS code that says you will take something called depreciation. And, and it pretty much says that you will. It's not you can or you may or, or you, you, you coulda, woulda, shoulda. It's you will take depreciation. So what is this depreciation stuff? It sounds, it sounds like depression, right? It's, it doesn't sound like it'd be real great, right? Sounds like you're going down, right? Well, you're not really going down. What's, what's going down is something called the, the cost basis of your property. See, the IRS says that when you acquire a piece of real estate, there, there's actually two costs, two primary costs associated with that real estate. There's the land cost, and there are all the improvements that you make upon that land, like the buildings, the, the plumbing supply, the electrical supply, all, all those improvements, right, that we utilize within those, those structures, right? They say, they being the IRS— they say that that property is going to wear out over time. 
And you know what? They, they've got something that stuff does wear out over time. That's part of the reason we're able to buy distressed properties is because we're buying properties that have existed for a period of time and have been worn down. And whoever owns them just doesn't want to deal with it. So they sell them to somebody like me who's willing to deal with it and, and turn it around and put it back into surface as clean, functional workforce housing. And here's the thing. Here's the beauty of it all. When you put that property back into service, it creates a cash flowing vehicle for you. Now you take that depreciation and you use it to offset the cash flow. Yeah, you use it to offset the cash flow. So what, what that ultimately winds up being for, for most real estate transactions, not everyone, but most, if it's a lifestyles unlimited type transaction, you, you can pretty much hold this to be true. The majority, if not all, of your cash flow, you're not going to pay taxes on. Because the depreciation write-off that you take allows you to offset the gains that you make. Now, remember that savings account that I was talking to you about? And I, and I told you that it's taxable? You don't get to take any depreciation on a savings account because there's no, there's no real asset there. You're just parking money in a bank. You have some cash. You give it to a bank. They tell you you have a certain amount of cash in the bank, and that's, that's all there is. The asset is the cash itself. And by the way, cash goes down in value. Just look at what inflation's doing, and you'll, you'll prove it to yourself. Cash goes down in value. But real estate has a tendency to go up in value, even though we're taking this depreciation. Now, the depreciation has no bearing on the market value of the asset. But let me make this point. In the savings account, you're going to be taxed on the 1250, whatever your ordinary tax rate is, let's say you pay 25% taxes, right? So you're going to pay, what, $250 in taxes? You're going to retain $1,000. Now, on the real estate side, I told you we're going to earn about $2,280 per year. That's based on $190 per month in cash flow. That's the monthly cash flow, $190. All of that is going to be protected by the depreciation. All of it. That means you're going to pocket the entire $2,280 and put it in your pocket. You put $25,000 into the real estate and you're getting 9.4% rate of return and it's not taxed. Now, if you want to earn more money, you ought to become a member of Lifestyles Unlimited because I've already told you about a deal that I'm looking at came from Carmen that if I took $25,000 and invested it in this asset and bought this asset, I'm, I'm making more money than I can make in a savings account just on the cash flow. And I'm not going to pay taxes on that income because it's the, the, the tax liability is offset by the depreciation that comes from this particular asset. And now I'm going to hit you with the big number. This particular asset that we can buy that Carmen sent to us gives us the opportunity to capture 200% in equity. I've just lost half of the audience because you have no idea what I'm talking about. Let me explain it to you. We can buy this asset. Now this asset, let me just tell you about the asset. It's worth $230,000, all fixed up. Comparable assets in this particular neighborhood are trading for $230,000. That's fair market value. That's the value of the asset when it is fully improved. The asset right now is not fully improved. It's kind of a hunk of junk. Because of that, we can buy it for $107,000. That's like 47 cents on the dollar. We're going to buy the asset. We're going to use something called hard money. It's an asset-based loan. It's kind of like a bridge loan for single family. What it allows us to do 
is to take out a loan at 70% of the after-repair value, 70% of that $230,000. And we use that money to pay for the acquisition cost, the $107,000 it's going to cost us to buy this asset, and whatever's left over we use towards the repairs. When we run out of the hard money, we have to use our own money. Does that make sense? And we're going to need some of our own money to do this deal. Now, coincidentally, it's not even $25,000. Carmen estimates it to be $24,250. Now, I just rounded up to $25,000 because the math's easier. We're going to put $25,000 into this asset. We're going to capture almost $50,000 in equity. The property is worth $230,000 all fixed up. Our all-in wholesale pricing put us right at about $180,000. We just made $50,000. 200% return on investment the moment we bought the property. Because that money is tied up in equity, we're going to leave it in the property. And at the end of a year and a day, we're going to do an assessment. We're going to do an analysis. What we have to do is determine what our return on equity is in this asset because here's the problem. Now check this out. The one place where we're not making a lot of return on our investment has to do with the return on equity. So why do I say a year and a day? That's when capital gains taxes change. As real estate investors, we are liable for two types of capital gains taxes. If we sell our asset a year or less in time, we are subject to short-term capital gains rates, which are more punishing, okay, versus long-term capital gain rates, which kick in at a year and a day. Those are much more favorable. Essentially, what it, what it says is if we sell the asset, and, and in this, this price range, we're probably not going to pay much more than 15% in capital gains taxes. Now, here's the other thing. If you sold the asset, and let's say you took $50,000 out of it, because you're going to have costs of sale and things like that. You took $50,000 out of it. Remember, you put $50,000 into the asset, and you received $50,000 back, right? You've doubled your money. Now you're going to go out and buy two assets to replace it. You can do the exact same thing, and now you've got two assets working for you for an entire year. So what do you do now? Just double all the numbers. You double all the numbers that I gave you, and you're still doing better than the 5% in the savings rate. And if you're able to capture a lot of equity in the asset, then maybe your sell point on that asset in order to realize all those capital gains is going to be at the year and one day mark because it doesn't make sense for you to keep your money locked up in that asset beyond that time period because you're not making as good of a rate of return as you could in some other vehicle. I know that makes sense to you. And you know what I just explained to you? I just explained to you how you invest in real estate. I just gave you the whole 411 on how it's done. Yeah, you go out and you buy an asset, you operate that asset. When it makes sense to dispose of that asset, you dispose of that asset, you get a windfall of cash. You don't go out and buy boats and jet skis and things like that. You go out and buy two, at least two assets to replace the asset that you just disposed of. And then you do the exact same thing. You operate those assets for whatever time period your business plan says to operate those assets. And then when you get to the end of that time period, you dispose of those assets. And at that point, you would trade in two, you would sell two, and you would buy 
four. Now, essentially, what I've just explained to you is if you're starting with $25,000, I just explained to you how you can get to four houses in the next two years. And trust me, that could be a significant change in your retirement dynamics. If you want to do what I'm doing, you want to do what the 50,000 members of Lifestyles Unlimited are doing, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, sign up for a free workshop, and let's get you going. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at Lifestyles lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.